NFL free agency is buzzing. Derek Carr is a saint. Aaron Rodgers could be a Jet. Uh, players are on the move all over the place. Quarterback movement, wide receiver movement, trades, pickups, franchise tags. It's all happening in the NFL offseason. And we're going to cover the biggest moves, at least I think, the biggest moves so far uh, in free agency, whether it be trades or additions or subtractions from teams. So uh, that'll be this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. Without further ado, let's get into it. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast on any audio platform or watching on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, click the like button down below. Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, and if you're really into our content, click the little bell. You get notified when any a new, whenever a new video comes out to the channel. We put out shorts, uh, podcast episodes. That's most of what we do nowadays, but I'm um, hoping to get back into more content on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on an audio platform, rate us five stars, tell your friends, uh, subscribe down there, auto download on there. That means a lot to us. And head over to YouTube as well and drop subscription over there. We're nearing 100 subscribers on YouTube, slowly crawling up. And I appreciate the love on all the channels. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, at Lots of Thoughts Sports on Instagram, at LOT Sports Pod on Twitter, at Lots of Thoughts Sports on TikTok, and at Lots of Thoughts Sports on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, pretty much anywhere you can find a social media account as well. And if you're interested in, in looking at our website, lots of thoughts.godaddysites.com, there you can access the podcast, the newsletter. Uh, it's free email newsletter. You can sign up there. You can access all the socials, uh, the YouTube, the merchandise awesome merchandise via Amazon. So feel free to check that out. Lots of thoughts.godaddysites.com. All these links are in the description on YouTube. They're in the show notes or show details on any audio platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple, uh, Spotify, etc. NFL free agency is ripping and roaring. I'm excited for it. Um, I did an episode a few weeks ago with special guest Matthew Burwald, the second annual predicting every week one starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And it went pretty well. Uh, we did pretty well in terms of guessing them so far, at least from my estimation. And, you know, we guessed quarterback movement because that's the most impactful position. But there's so many other moves that are accessory moves, a lot of which I'm going to try to talk about today. But this episode is not going to go on forever. And there's a lot, a lot of movement every NFL offseason. So I'm going to cover what I can. And, um, you know, if you're interested in more content, I'm sure that's out there. Uh, but I really appreciate your support on this. And, what you know, my thoughts on these overall moves. These are some big moves, right? I, quarterbacks are what we're going to focus on just because I feel like that's the most impact. But I'm also going to talk about other moves that I think are going to have a huge impact on the season and huge impact on which team is going to be left standing at the end. First big domino to fall was Derek Carr. And if you listen to that episode like I mentioned, predicting all 32 week one NFL starting quarterbacks with Matthew Burwald. We both had Derek Carr because of his connection to, uh, I should say, we both had Derek Carr for the Saints starting week one because of his connection to Dennis Allen. And that's exactly a large part of why I think he ended up there. Also for the fact that New Orleans wanted him. This was New Orleans guy. New Orleans hasn't had a starting quarterback since Drew Brees that they can say is going to be the week one every single week uh, if he's healthy, right? Whether it's been Jameis Winston, whether it's been Taysom Hill, whether it's been Andy Dalton, players have been in and out of that position and they looked to solidify that. And that's what they did with Derek Carr. 
frankly, I don't care who's backing him up. I think it's going to be Jameis Winston, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I saw a report uh, that he's wanting to stay as a backup to Carr. Uh, but I love the deal for the Saints. Um, not a not a too expensive deal. I believe they paid in the mid-30s, which I think is a good deal for Derek Carr. I think he is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's definitely better than average. He's going to put up a lot of stats that are going to help you win the game, whether he's clutch, whether he's a great playoff performer, that's yet to be seen. Uh, But he's a franchise quarterback and they paid a guy to be that guy for them to be someone to hold down that position. A guy who's familiar with the head coach, familiar with the offensive system. I like the signing a lot. And Derek Carr, although he may have had options elsewhere, whether it be the Jets who talked to him and, and told him for some reason he'd be a, a future Hall of Famer, which is ridiculous. Um, whether it be other teams that he talked to, Carolina, uh, he ends up staying or he ends up going to New Orleans rather. And I like the deal for him a whole lot. The next big move we had was the Panthers trading up for number one overall. Admittedly, this happened while I was on vacation. Um, and for those of you who go to Disney World, I was I was boarding, uh, soaring, was soaring over the world, I believe it's called. It's a lovely ride, but that's not really the point. And I glanced down. I got Twitter notifications that I didn't see because I was on a different ride. And I glanced down at my phone and I said, DJ, I saw a notification. It said, DJ Moore is going back in the trade to Chicago. And I said, wow, a trade. DJ Moore. That's a lot. I wonder what the Panthers could have gotten. And, and my brain was, of course, lapsing there because obviously the number one overall pick is a big thing to that, that the Chicago has to trade. And they obviously wanted to trade it, right? Justin Fields is their franchise quarterback. They made that clear by trading the number one overall pick. There was rumors they would try to trade Fields. They would get a guy like Bryce Young, get a guy like CJ Stroud, get a guy like Anthony Richardson, get a guy like Will Levis, whoever that may be at number one overall. Probably would have been Bryce Young. Um, But instead, they trade back from one to nine. The Panthers sent, uh, obviously, pick nine, uh, another first, I believe a second as well, and then wide receiver DJ Moore, as I mentioned. I love... As I, I made a reel on this uh, on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram or it's on YouTube as a short um, at Lots of Thoughts Sports on both places. at On TikTok as well, same handle. Um, the video went up everywhere where I said, I love, 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 love this trade for both sides. I said, I couldn't say love enough. And that's exactly how I still feel. Is this a lot to give up for trading up from nine to one? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It is. Is it uh, worth it is the question. And I think it is. I think that's as straightforward as you could be, whether the Panthers win this or not. Panthers have not had a franchise quarterback since Cam Newton. I don't care who they brought in there, whether it was Baker Mayfield, whether it was Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, um, other guys that they rotated in and out of that position. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Cam Newton. And he had his injuries. You know, he moved on. He never was the same MVP quarterback that he was in his career. The Panthers are looking to solidify the position. Frank Reich, their new head coach, former Indy head coach, former what Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, I believe came in and said, we want to solidify the quarterback position. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They got the first overall pick. They traded away DJ Moore, who is a wide receiver. One, in my opinion, borderline wide receiver, one wide receiver two, but I believe he's one of the 20 best wide receivers in the NFL or so 25, maybe Uh, they traded another first round pick next year. The second, I don't don't really care a whole lot about. And is a first and DJ more worth it to trade up from nine to one. Well, the, the way I look at it is if you're trading up from right around 10 to one, 
I think it takes two first round picks. If you think of DJ Moore as a first round pick, I don't know that he nets a first round pick. So maybe, maybe let's take a step back. If you put DJ Moore on the open market, what do you get for him? Maybe a second. That's my estimation. Clearly Carolina didn't want to pay him. Chicago's going to have to pay him within the next year. Let's say DJ Moore gives you a second round pick. So essentially Carolina traded a first pick nine and two seconds. If we assume that to be the case. So if I'm assuming that you have to give up two firsts on top of the, on top of the pick that you're swapping with, you, you got to give up two future firsts to move up from pick 10 to pick one. This deal was giving up in this case, one first and two seconds to trade up from pick nine to pick one. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I don't hate giving up a future first and two future seconds. And of course, it's DJ Moore and not a future second. And you would have loved DJ Moore to be alongside your rookie quarterback. But when you're making a move, when you when you know you want a guy, and I don't know who that guy is. Maybe it's CJ Stroud, like people are rumored to, to believe. Maybe it's uh, Bryce Young, right? Whether it's a quarterback for Ohio State, Alabama, Kentucky, or Florida. It's going to be one of those four. And Carolina clearly loves one guy because there's going to be p- teams picking in front of them. They still could have got a quarterback at pick nine. One of those four could have dropped the pick nine. You look at the draft before they traded. Chicago has the first overall pick. They're not taking a quarterback, obviously. They believe in Justin Fields. That's why they made this trade. Pick two, Houston is taking a quarterback. So that's one quarterback off the board. Let's say for the purpose of the argument, uh, Houston takes Bryce Young. Pick three, Arizona, they're not taking a quarterback. They obviously believe in Kyler Murray. Pick four, Indy, they are going to take a quarterback. Let's say for the purpose of the argument, that's Will Levis. Pick five, that's Seattle. They're not going to take a quarterback. They just brought back Gino, who we'll talk about. Uh, pick six, who is that off the top of my head? I don't remember. I'm going to have to search it up. Um, pick six is the Detroit Lions. They believe in Jared Goff. At least that's the impression that he gives. So they're not taking a quarterback. Pick seven, the Vegas Raiders. I believe that they're taking a quarterback even though they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's say they do for the purpose of this argument. So let's say... They take C.J. Stroud. Atlanta, pick eight. They're the question mark, I guess. Do they believe in Desmond Ritter? They brought in Taylor Heineke as well, who we'll talk about. Um, Do they take a quarterback? Let's say they don't for the purpose of the example. Carolina's at nine. There you go. Anthony Richardson right there. But Anthony Richardson at that point is the fourth quarterback off the board. Maybe Carolina values C.J. Stroud way more than the other three or Bryce Young way more than the other three. So I don't hate the move for them trading up. And then you look at the side of Chicago. You were going to trade back anyway, but you trade back, you make a deal, you're drafting at number nine. And in all reality, like I mentioned for the first seven or eight picks are going to be QBs. So you're probably going to get the fifth best player in the draft. You got a lot of holes. Uh, you're far from competing, obviously, for the fact that they're the first overall, you know, they were the first overall pick. They're not a good team. So they're getting a lot of picks in return. They're getting a guy in DJ Moore who really solidifies a wide receiver core, right? You got Darnell Mooney, who you drafted just a few years ago. You got um, uh, Chase Claypool in the in the trade deadline last season from Pittsburgh, and now you add a guy like DJ Moore. That's three starting caliber wide receivers, which you couldn't have said they had just a few years ago. 
uh, before they drafted Justin Fields. So you give him a wide receiver core, you slot DJ Moore into that into that first wide receiver spot. Maybe Chase Claypool's your second and Darnell Mooney's your third, or you want to swap those. I, I don't hate you either way. Uh, now you got a solidified wide receiver core for your quarterback to play with, and you got picks in the future, whether it's to draft offensive linemen or impact defensive players to make your team successful for the long run. Love, 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 love the deal for both sides. Next up, the Raiders talked about them potentially drafting a quarterback but more importantly they they signed jimmy garoppolo and i think this comes down to what their future strategy is the raiders at 6 and 11 they were not competing last year there was a world if they won out toward the end they would have made the playoffs oh well they didn't and because they didn't and because Derek carr was playing poorly they benched him They were clearly moving on. And I think they downgraded to go from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously familiar with the offense. Mike McDaniel, not Mike McDaniel. um, Oh my gosh. Why is their their head coach's name escaping me? Um, I'm going to have to Google this. Mike McDaniels, the Dolphins have head coach, of course. Uh, Josh McDaniels. I didn't Google that just for those listening on an audio platform. Josh McDaniels, obviously former offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo was obviously the backup to Tom Brady for years, started a few games when Brady was suspended. And then obviously he was traded to the 49ers and then left as a free agent. So they have history. They have a connection. Jimmy Garoppolo is familiar with the offense. I get that connection. I get that. That makes sense. There's some familiarity there. I get why Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to go to the Raiders. They also paid him decently. Well, I get that he has playoff experience, but it is a downgrade from Derek Carter, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't hate the move if it's for the future. If this was a move for the Raiders to say, hey, we have pick nine, or it's pick seven in the draft. We're going to take a quarterback, whether it's at that pick or we're trading up. We're going to take a rookie quarterback and we want them to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a uh, known to be a great locker room guy, who's a, a decent starting caliber quarterback, who's a veteran, who's played with some of the greatest players in the world, some of the greatest coaches in the world, right? I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL right now. And Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches, if not the best coach of all time. He has two uh, experience with two different incredible offenses, two different incredible cultures, two different incredible teams. And he's going to show a rookie quarterback what's you know, what's it like to be a quarterback on the day, day in and day out, whether it's, you know, actual play uh, on the field or it's relating to teammates as the leader of the team off the field. And so if that's their strategy, I don't hate this move. If their strategy is to sign Jimmy G to stay afloat and hopefully compete for a playoff spot. I don't know about that. I, I think he's a downgrade from Carr, and I'm not sure this team has enough to really compete. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Carr's chemistry issues in that locker room were a reason they moved on from him. From all I heard, he's a stand-up guy and really a great person. So I don't know how how true that is. But if it's for the future, I don't hate it. And and I easily see Vegas. I'm going to talk about this later on in the episode when it, when it comes to you know how the future goes out. I could easily see Vegas drafting a rookie quarterback who needs some time. Maybe he's more raw, like a guy like Anthony Richardson from Florida, who has a lot of natural talent, but needs a year or so to, um, you know, kind of learn how to be an NFL quarterback. I'll have Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith. I, I don't hate the move. I don't hate the move. If that's the case. And I could easily see that happening next move. We have, it's not a move. It's a potential move. It's uh, Aaron Rodgers. 
And clearly the Packers have moved on. I when in the aforementioned podcast episode where me and Matthew Burwald predicted all 32 NFL starting quarterbacks, I had Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. And he's not a Jet yet. He's not. And that makes me a little bit sad as a Jets fan. It feels rather anticlimactic. I want a move to get done. I want this to happen. And he wants it to happen. He went on Pat McAfee's show and said, my intention is to play this year. And my intention is to play for the New York Jets. And as a Jets fan, that made my my heart jump. We haven't had a franchise quarterback, nevertheless as good as Rodgers, but we haven't had a franchise quarterback that's been decent since Vinny Testaverde. We have had one 4,000-yard passer ever in the history of the Jets, and that was Joe Namath 50-some-odd years ago. We've had one quarterback in the history of the Jets to throw for 30 touchdowns, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Aaron Rodgers is not only the best player to ever play for the Jets, but a guy who's going to come in and break, probably even if he has an average season for him, break every single season quarterback record for the Jets and get them probably into the playoffs. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I'm not going to guarantee a playoff spot, but in all reality, into the playoffs is a likely outcome. And they're going to try to compete for a Super Bowl. Obviously, Rodgers has a list of preferred free agency free agents he wants to join him. And um, several of those guys have already, you know, been rumored, been linked to the Jets. Alan Lazard has already signed with the Jets uh, four years, 44 million. Uh, of course, has a connection with Rodgers in Green Bay. Randall Cobb, of course, longtime receiver uh, in Green Bay, has had talks with the Jets. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, who's played what one or two years with with the Packers, also had talks with the Jets. And then the last one on his supposed wish list, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, are all these signings possible in theory under the cap, right? The cap is easily manipulable. I don't know if the Jets are going to do it. They already have a young wide receiver core that I think has some talented players. I like the Lazard signing. He's an upgrade from Corey Davis. Uh, but when you add in Odo Beckham, I think someone's going to lose a spot, whether that's Elijah Moore or Denzel Mims. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, I don't hate any of these players potentially adding to the Jets. Rodgers has come out and refuted the idea that this is a wish list and more like a conversation where the Jets said, hey, how do you like this guy? And he said, yeah, I really like that guy. But... We'll see. I'm waiting for the Jets to finally get this trade done. And, and what that trade is, is going to be the talk of the future, which we'll talk about toward the end of this episode. Falcons uh, made a quarterback signing. They, they improved their offensive line a bit, which I'm not going to get into the details of, but they get Taylor Heineke. And their status at the ace pick is going to be a question at the quarterback position because is Taylor Heineke their starter? If he is, then a rookie quarterback could be on their way. If they believe in Desmond Ritter, on the other hand, and Taylor Heineke was signed to be a backup, then I doubt they're picking a quarterback at eight or moving up or whatever the case may be. Nevertheless, I like the signing of Heineke. He's lived in Atlanta uh, until he went to the commanders. Um, I think he's a really, really good backup quarterback. And so for a guy like Desmond Ritter, assuming that's their starter, which I assume he will be, um, I think this is a great guy to have behind him uh, just in case he doesn't pan out. Next up, Commanders get Brissett uh, right in line with this conversation, right? If if Brissett's your starter, you probably have an issue, but it seems they believe in Sam Howell, and Sam Howell's going to start for them, so Brissett's a good value veteran backup uh, who I think is going to show a guy like Sam Howell, a second-year quarterback, the ropes. I think it's a great signing for Washington, who uh, seems like the franchise could be traded soon, uh, but I'm not going to get into that in this episode. Uh, Seattle brought back Geno Smith. Love the move for them, right? Guy who had a really good season for them, led them to the playoffs, 
although they lost. Uh, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think re-signing him made a lot of sense. Love the move for them. Simple as that. Allows them not to focus on quarterback in the draft. And with pick five, they're really going to have the pick of the litter. Assuming a team trades up with Arizona at three, which might not happen, they're going to have this, the best or second best player, if that doesn't happen, in the draft that's not a quarterback. Uh, I don't know who that is necessarily. Um, you know, everyone has their own draft boards. I'm not going to really get into it. I imagine it's Will Anderson, but I'm I'm not going to get into it in this episode. Uh, maybe as we get closer to the draft, I'll talk about that. But love the move for them, bringing back a guy who was really a uh, a, a great not only a great player for them, a great, obviously a great leader for them, but a great story in the NFL long-term backup gets his chance and takes and takes it and makes the most of it. Uh, the giants traded for Darren Waller from Vegas. So Vegas got Jimmy Garoppolo signed Jacoby Myers, who I'm not going to really talk about in this video, but a decent wide receiver two behind Devonte Adams, I guess three, if you want to consider him behind Hunter Renfro, but obviously Renfro is more of a slot guy. They don't really, overlap a whole lot um uh and then they traded away darren waller for a third round pick i i I don't know i guess it was for cap relief they signed him to a big deal a few years ago the giants won this trade hands down right joe shane their new gm from last year former assistant gm for buffalo really has shown to make some really good deals and i i think they overpaid daniel jones which i'll talk about right after this but trading for darren waller and giving him a weapon I think does a lot for their offense uh, that des- desperately lacked weapons less. Oh my gosh. That sentence was a disaster. Let me start that over. Desperately lacked weapons last year. Uh, it was basically Saquon Barkley and no one else, right? They were relying on guys like Daniel Bellinger, uh, guys like, uh, geez, I can't even remember. Wandale Robinson made an impact when he played. Sterling Shepard was out. Uh, Kadarius Tony was traded. So they, they had a, a lack of weapons, and I like Brissett as a big body guy, jump ball, end zone, red zone guy that they could rely on. Now, they gave Daniel Jones a big money contract, $160 million for four years, basically $40 million every year, the first two of which are guaranteed. And that's the reason that I don't hate the move. I think it was an overpay. The fact that Daniel Jones is making $40 million and Patrick Mahomes is making $50 million is really mind-blowing. But at the same time, he is a good quarterback, I'd say. Not a great quarterback. I don't think he'll ever be a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think he needs to show a little more. He didn't make a lot of mistakes last year to cut down on the turnovers, but it's also because they really kind of held them back a little bit in the offense, in my opinion. He did perform well in that playoff game against Minnesota, but I think Minnesota was not the best 13 and th- or 14 and three team I've seen. 13 and four, whatever they were, uh, they were a bit overrated. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, they pay him for two years and then they're out of that. If he is the guy, $40 million might not be such a bad contract in, in a few years as the cap continues to increase. So it's not, it's not a horrible deal. It's not a bad deal, but I don't think it's a great deal. I think it's the worst deal that Joe Shane has made, which is something considering it's not a bad deal. Uh, but um Nonetheless, they bring back their guy and I think can build around him. And Waller is one of those places they can. They've also got a, what, around the 25th or so pick in the draft. Um, so they could go out and get a wide receiver. Maybe a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba slips that far from Ohio State. Yeah, they have 25 in the draft. So um, I don't know what that is, but 
Uh, we'll see how they continue to surround uh, Daniel Jones with weapons. The Niners, the one of the lone defensive players I'm going to talk about, I guess I'll talk about a few, but um, the Niners get Javon Hargrave from Philly, the, the top defensive tackle on the market. And I think that's another guy who they could bring in. He's a tough run stopping defensive tackle uh, who's good in pass protection as well, or pass, uh, pass rushing as well. Uh, I think he's going to be an impact player for them. He was really good for Philly really showed out in that game against the 49ers in the NFC championship game last year. So he'll be a guy that they can rely on up front. And he's a a good addition for a team. That's not going to make a lot of moves, right? Their quarterback position is up in the air, whether Brock Purdy or Trey Lance is going to get the job, but they let Jimmy G go. Um, they're not going to be overturning their roster a whole lot. They got a lot of guys locked up, whether that's Christian McCaffrey, whether that's um, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk is probably going to need an extension next offseason, but that's not the point. Um, whether that's um, George Kittle, their offensive line outside of losing Mike McGlinchey has mostly been intact. Uh, I think Javon Hargrave is an impact addition. The Eagles, while they lost Hargrave, they they pretty much retained everyone else. Brought back James Bradbury on a pretty friend, team-friendly deal. Uh, they brought back Darius Slay when it looked like they were going to trade him. Uh, they brought back Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, a guy the Jets ran on that I wish they would have nabbed. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, a lot of guys they retained that allow them to compete next year. I think they're just going to be back just as, as good. The NFC is not as deep as the AFC. Uh and so the Eagles are going to be that premier team, whether it's the 49ers, or the Eagles could be one of the two. And I believe in the Eagles quarterback play more. So I'm going to take the Eagles uh, if they're healthy and they brought back a lot of guys that are important, but they did lose Miles Sanders to Carolina, who I think is one of the more interesting teams. As I mentioned, Carolina traded for the number one overall pick. So they got rid of DJ Moore, but they signed Adam Thielen to replace him. Who's a, certainly a downgrade, but not a bad receiver whatsoever. They brought in Andy Dalton, who uh, is a guy who's either going to back up uh, their number one overall pick, or he's going to start early and let that number one overall pick back him up for a while and learn the position, learn the ropes. Uh, I think those are both good deals. And bringing in Miles Sanders gives a little more shape to the offense. I like it overall. They lost Sam Darnold. He's now in San Francisco for some reason. Weirdest signing in the offseason, in my opinion. I thought Sam Darnold was good enough to start week one for Carolina. I had on the board when we did this this preview of uh, of who was starting week one in the NFL for each quarterback position or a quarterback position on each team. I had Sam Darnold starting week one for the Carolina Panthers, and I had them drafting Anthony Richardson and having a backup at least to start the season. Sam Darnold, I thought, was a, a good enough to be the 30 to 32nd best starting quarterback, which considering there are 60 plus starting quarterbacks in a year because of injuries, I think is not a bad position to be in, but he goes to a team like San Francisco where I think he's the third stringer. I think he's behind Trey Lance and he's behind Brock Purdy. He's obviously behind Brock Purdy. And, you know, maybe it's a team friendly deal. And if he ends up playing, he's going to look good because everyone looks good in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And maybe he makes more money in the off season. But I thought a guy like Matt Ryan would have fit better there with the history with Kyle Shanahan and and a guy who's a veteran who could play more of a third string role. I don't know. I mean, I don't hate the deal for San Francisco or for Sam Darnold, but it's just kind of weird to me. I don't know. Uh, the Bengals got Orlando Brown, the most impact offensive uh, lineman, in my opinion, that was going to be available this offseason. Uh, he left Kansas City, who replaced him, and... He's a big run blocking. He's good at pass protection as well, but a good run blocking 
player for the Bengals at tackle, who's going to play left tackle, who's going to anchor that side of the line. And now they're probably going to draft the right tackle, I'd imagine, to kind of solidify that offensive line. I love, love, love the deal for the Bengals, who continue to improve the offensive line year after year after uh, that being the biggest issue uh, in Joe Burrow's rookie year. AFC is scary, man, with all these teams loading up, but that's not the point of this video. Uh, speaking of AFC teams loading up, Jolf Dolphins traded for Jalen Ramsey. And they already have uh, Xavier is it Xavier Howard, right? Am I, am I getting that name right? I'm going to have to Google it just to make sure. Yes, Xavier, Xavier Howard. Sorry. Xavier Howard, and they add Jalen Ramsey. And that's going to be a solid defensive back combination. Now, Xavier Howard didn't look as good at last year as he did the previous year. Um, but Jalen Ramsey's is still a top five cornerback at worst. And now, I mean, now if you're Josh Allen, that defense is hell. I mean, that division is hell. You got DJ Reed and sauce Gardner on one team. You got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on another. You got Bill Belichick and his defensive schemes on the third. That sucks for them, but I, I like the deal for the dolphins. They're a team that wasn't making a lot of changes on offense. They lost Mike Kosicki, uh, who I'll talk about in just a second. It's my next bullet point. Um, but they made an impact addition on defense. Uh, they uh, gave Tua his fifth-year option, so they clearly believe in him. They weren't going to make a move at quarterback. Uh, they have a good wide receiver core. They brought back some running backs that I'm not really going to cover in this video. But adding Jalen Ramsey to that defense makes them an even scarier team that hold division assuming Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets are going to be at least three talented teams maybe four um and that fourth team is the Pats they signed Mike Gesicki after trading away Johnny Smith and then they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster after letting go of Jacoby Myers two additions that I think are significant improvements over where they were last year and that's all I could really say I don't know that Mac Jones is the guy I don't know that Bill Belichick still has the same touch he did for the past few years but nonetheless I think they made impact additions that help them in the near future there's a lot of things in the future of this offseason that I think are yet to be done, right? There's numerous free agents out there. Maybe as I'm recording this, as I'm editing this, as I'm publishing this before it comes out, after it comes out, before you listen to it, there might be some of these names that are off the board, but there's depth pieces everywhere. There's guys like Dalton Schultz, guys like DJ Chark, guys like Yannick Ngakwe, numerous offensive and defensive linemen, a few safeties and corners out there as well. There's going to be players on the move, and that doesn't even cover the impact guys, right? Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there. Uh, Lamar Jackson is still technically a free agent, although franchise tag, but technically a free agent out there. Aaron Rodgers' deal is not yet to be done, uh, that, and maybe that compensation is big. Maybe that's the 13th overall pick going back to the Packers, and they are able to move up in the draft. Um, there's a lot of complex situations out there. At the end of the day, I think the Aaron Rodgers deal gets done without the 13th pick. I think Lamar Jackson's back in Baltimore. I think Odell Beckham might be on the way to the Jets. Crossing my fingers as a Jets fan. Uh, but nonetheless, these moves are going to be crazy. What team could offer two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson and give him a fully guaranteed deal? Uh, is there another team that could swoop in and try to nab Aaron Rodgers before the Jets finally get him from the Packers? Uh, could Odell end up in Dallas, even though they've traded for a guy like Brandon Cooks just a few hours ago? Uh, those depth pieces could make a big difference, even though I kind of lightly brushed over them. They could make a big, big difference in how the NFL landscape plays out next year. And that's what I love about the offseason. You begin to see teams take shape and you you realize that moves uh, you might not remember are going to have impact moments throughout the season and in the playoffs. Who would have known that uh, 
For example, the Chiefs trading for Kadarius Tony would have meant so much in the Super Bowl after he returned that punt really well and had a touchdown, right? These moves that you don't really remember, Christian McCaffrey's a good example as well, although that was midseason, but nonetheless, Kadarius Tony, I believe, was too. But, you know, moves that you may not think are that significant end up playing a big part in how a team does later on. And that's why I love the offseason. You really get to see all these pieces swap around and see what becomes of it in the modern NFL. So, uh, free agency has been exciting and I'm look forward, looking forward to those moves happening in the near future. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a like on YouTube. Subscribe if you're over there and haven't already. Click the bell to get notified whenever we upload a new video. If you're listening on an audio platform, rate us five stars and tell your friends about the podcast on any platform head over to the links in the description or in the notes in the info and you'll see all the links to all our socials drop us a follow on instagram and twitter and facebook and you know whatever you do tiktok um check out the merchandise on the website that's all in the description the newsletter is there as well a free email newsletter uh so hit that link in the description it's also available lots of thoughts.godaddysites.com Thank you very much for listening or watching this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed and have a wonderful rest of your day.